so uh, it's an early start, it's half past ten uh, this week due to the fact that I think I read somewhere, I'm not quite sure where, or I might have heard it, that today's going to be quite hot uh, and I think tomorrow possibly it might be quite hot as well. So just to be on the safe side, I thought I'd give it an, an early to early go. So welcome to episode 112 of Mr. Burke Pods. Apparently I was grumpy last week. I thought I was grumpy, but I thought I covered it up quite well. But apparently, according to the Great Dissuader, uh, I was grumpy. So I'm going to endeavour to be cheerful this week, despite the fact that I'm feeling grumpy. Uh, Obviously feeling grumpy because it's a very hot day. Uh, Some of you may have noticed. Uh, So I got up this morning and decided not to go for a run, uh, which I'm regretting, uh, mentally regretting, because I do miss it when I don't do it, but physically uh, not regretting at all, because it does look very warm out there. I'm on a mission to keep the flat cool, uh, which involves... It's, it's quite, uh, it's like operation. It's a bit like a sort of military operation. Uh, it involves keeping the windows open all night. And then soon as the temperature gets near, as warm outside as it is inside, uh, then windows and, and are shut and curtains are closed uh, because that's the Mediterranean thing. I didn't realise that the reason they... Uh, of course, we all know we can't cope in this heat. And apologies for those of you who aren't suffering from a heat wave. I'm well aware it's not the whole of the United Kingdom. Um, the reason Mediterranean c- countries have shutters on the outside of their or have shutters at all, have them on the outside of the windows, is because it stops the heat uh, getting to the glass, and then that makes it cooler. I, I heard this on the radio. It's very interesting, actually. And uh, so pulling your curtains inside does a certain amount but it doesn't do an awful lot because the heat's still hitting the glass and therefore making it warm but uh, it is apparently and i find it does work uh, sensible to keep your windows closed during the day as long as the uh, rooms are cool when you close them because if you think about it uh, especially with double glazing you're shutting a window to keep the hold out the cold out so if you shut a window in the heat you're keeping the heat out it's quite logical really isn't it if you think about it so that's all quite exciting. Um, so I'm in a window shut flat, uh, slowly heating up. Uh, someone's just lying stretched out with their tail flapping. So obviously they're not happy. Um, so yes, it's not been a normal day today. So I might do a gentle yoga when I finish this. Uh, or will I? I don't know. I'm going to make my mind up about that shortly. Um, so that's the day so far, very unexciting. The highlight of the day has actually happened because uh, a fan has been ordered and delivered. It's quite exciting because uh, the back room uh, does get very hot and somebody's in there for quite long periods of the day. So uh, which magazine was consulted for Best Buy fans? Um, and it was found that John Lewis in Brent Cross sold them so uh spontaneously uh we went off to john lewis and brent cross yesterday obviously i wasn't too happy about this decision especially as we were due to be seeing a friend uh uh, later in the afternoon 
<clears throat> so we diligently set off. I was told that there were seven uh, in stock, which I thought was a bit odd. But uh, online it was saying there were seven of the Witch Best Buy fans in stock in John Lewis at Brent Cross. Brent Cross, for those of you who don't know, is A, a big shopping centre, and B, on the North, North Circular, which is one of the busiest roads in London, which we live quite close to. North Circular, not Brent Cross. Fortunately, and that's fortunate with capital R F, uh, the traffic wasn't too bad. This was a Sunday, so the traffic wasn't too bad. Um, <clears throat> getting off the North Circular uh, and into Brent Cross is an utter nightmare. There's one tiny little sign, uh, half hidden by bush, I seem to remember, uh, that says Superstore. And you end up going, because it's on the other side of the road. Is that true? Yes, it's on the other side of the road to the road we were driving on the North Circular, which is like a sort of mini motorway. You can't just cross from one side to the other. It's got six lanes. Um, and you sort of end up going down all these quite strange little roads uh, with no indication of where you're meant to be going. Uh, so, of course, that put me into a bit of a flap. Uh, eventually, we did get there. I certainly couldn't have done it on my own. Um, and then, of course, there's just no indication where you're meant to go and park. Uh, it's a very large car park, uh, and it seemed to be full. Uh, so, fortunately, we found a car space fairly quickly. It has to be stated here that I am one of the world's worst parkers. I'm just terrible at parking. Um, so it was a tight fit uh, one space that I had to get into. Uh, and of course, there's another car or two behind me that I'm then blocking while I'm faffing around trying to park the car. Um, and then I'm getting to a state and then someone else is getting to a state because I shouldn't be worrying about the other people and other cars. They can just wait. Uh, and I actually got into it. Actually, sometimes if I have to get into a, a small car parking car park space uh, quickly, I manage it. Uh, it's Sometimes it's when I've got a really large space with no boundaries that I spend about half an hour getting into it. So I did manage to do that, although the car was, it's got monitor, it's got sensors on it, and they were just beeping left, right and centre uh, unnecessarily as it turned out. I'm very good at scraping cars. I'm very good at backing cars into things that I can't see or don't bother seeing. Uh, and I've done all right touch with this car so far. Um, oh no, I did hit the, no, I did hit the uh, curb, didn't I? I think that was a story from a past podcast. So anyway, the car's going off for a service next week or the week after. <clears throat> so I have to see what damage I've done to it. Uh, so then we traipsed into John Lewis, uh, which was busy. Uh, what, what anybody was doing in John Lewis on Sunday? And well, you know, why am I asking that question? We were there. Uh, and of course, lo and behold, they had sold out of um, fans, and I don't think there ever were seven fans uh, for some reason that I didn't get involved with. I, I, I had a feeling as soon as I got in there, uh, when we saw the fact that the fan area was empty, the shelves were just completely empty, uh, there was going to be a problem. So I backed off rapidly because I didn't want to get involved in any altercations, uh, and there was a large um discussion ensued between somebody and uh one of the John Lewis staff. Uh I stood back but gathered of course that there weren't any fans. Uh so anyway, it surprisingly uh was uh, less traumatic than I thought it was going to be. Um 
I don't know why, actually, because all that story has the ingredients of uh, fireworks. Uh, but it was it was fine. So we then tootled off fanless to friend's house uh, and got there later than planned. But then that means nothing. Uh, and it was fun. And although friend, loyal listener to this podcast, um, I'm borrowing loyal listener from uh, what's his name, who does uh, more or less on BBC4, Radio 4. Uh, loyal listener to this podcast wasn't well enough to see us, but we were highly entertained and entertained highly by her daughter, who actually is in the uh, management, entertainment management business uh, and still had to be asked twice to get us a cup of tea. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Um, <clears throat> so no, that was very nice, actually, because we don't often get to spend time uh, with her daughter on her own. It was lovely. I think we were there for about two or three hours. <clears throat> we were given a tour of the garden and the uh, the new outdoor shower <laughs> that they've had constructed in the back garden. Uh, when I say outdoor shower, I know a lot of you will be envisaging a very posh, possibly tiled area uh, with a beautiful shower head uh, and walls and things. Uh, this 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 model uh, was made up of a very long hose, which I think came from the kitchen. Very long hose, actually, because it's a long garden. And um, a sort of uh, plastic, blue plastic sheet. <laughs> a blue plastic sheet, uh, which didn't come down to the ground uh, and was open on one side. It just went around three sides, sort of strung up um, somehow around it tree um, surprisingly we didn't go in it but there we go so um uh, what well, yes yeah, so then we came home and that was that really so that was all lovely and uh otherwise it's been quite a quiet week went to the dentist uh, and didn't get angry which is quite unlike me i've got i did get a little bit cross because i've got uh staining on my front teeth although so there's more staining uh, at the back as well She's just an age thing because I did get a bit annoyed because I don't actually drink a lot of tea and coffee. Uh, but he said that's just one of those time things. Um, he then implied that I should be being regularly seeing the hygienist, which of course I don't go and see the hygienist because I hate the hygienist. Oh, she's just awful. She's she talks to you like um uh, she's like a teacher talking to a little child, and of course obviously I'm an expert in that. So anyone that does that to me just drives me absolutely into the wall. And uh, she doesn't listen to anything you say. And she just orders you to do things that usually I'm already doing. And then you pay £65, uh, which I resent deeply. So anyway, I've got to go and see her to have the staining removed. Uh, I think I should be going to the hygienist regularly, but I never do. And then I got a bit cross because I thought, well, obviously, I've been very happy because the dentist doesn't ever do anything. Like the witch I used to have. I used to uh, spend hours and hours cleaning them and then pay me. And then I used to have to pay a load of money. Um, extra money because I think she was charging me on private rate uh, he always says I'm marvellous and don't have to do anything but then I suddenly thought well he's probably expecting me to go off to the hygienist and spend money that way but then again um, I'd forgotten last time I went he did a load of uh, x-rays and stuff and I just got charged the usual NHS rate I do understand I do understand that the NHS rate just doesn't cover the cost of what they have to do uh, and apparently loads of dentists are leaving their jobs along with 
<coughs> GPs and theatre people, so it seems. So, um, yeah, that was all that. So I'm going to go back to that. I actually, I was the only thing that did cheer me was the fact he didn't start trying to talk me into having t my teeth whitened. I thought, I think he's tried that before, and I've clamped down on that one straight away because I hate, I just hate that white, white look, that Hollywood, I just can't bear it. Uh, it's not natural. So, and I'm certainly not spending £200, whatever that costs on that. I can tell you, give you that for free. So, uh, that was all that. Am I sounding cheerful? I do hope so. And, um, what else? So, yeah, so there's a job going at work if anyone wants it, because it seems to be up for anybody. Uh, so the Deputy LX person left, got headhunted. Deputy Chief LX, Deputy Chief of Electrics. Um, the thing with that job is you're not just doing the lighting of shows and getting shows in and out and everything. You're also looking after the building, so you have to do all the lighting in the building. And I didn't know this for ages. You ha you're in charge of all the plumbing as well. So I'll, obviously I'm not going to be applying for this job. Anyway, they were lovely and left, sadly. They were headhunted and um, can't get anyone else in. <clears throat> Apparently, um, the uh, few people that have applied for it have had absolutely no experience whatsoever and have been working in completely different areas of life. So, I, I mean, it's a bit sad because people are obviously just desperate for work. But... Um, yeah, there's a complete drain of talent within theatre, as in many other things. Uh, and there's another theatre in a similar situation, actually. Uh, and they have completely failed to get anyone in, so I don't quite know what's going to happen, actually. <clears throat> so um, then it looks like I'm all right for work post this show, although there's a month that looks like the month of September I won't have any work because I've got a filler thing in which I don't think I'll have any work on because it's not theatre. Um, I was thinking about doing an Arvon course. Um, they are quite expensive, they are expensive and I really enjoyed the course I did last time so much so I don't know whether I want to do another one, it might be disappointing. Uh, and the only one I want to do anyway is sold out, and I know one of the tutors slightly, so it might be a bit strange. But I'll put myself on the waiting list anyway. The other thing was to go on an Arvon retreat, uh, where you basically get a room, uh, two rooms, and you get all your meals, and then you, uh, and it's in Shropshire, and it looks absolutely brilliant. But then I thought I could actually, it's, it's almost as much as the tutor uh, retreats, uh, and I thought, well, actually, I could go and stay with some friends somewhere. So I might just, I don't know, see what, I'll see what, um, I don't want to, I'm happy not working, sort of, but I don't want to just waste a month if I'm not going to be bringing any money in. <clears throat> so anyway, anyone who's got a job for me in September, that'd be marvellous. And then, um, yeah, so it looks like I've probably, though not definitely, got work on the show afterwards, which I've already seen, it's transfer, um, and I did like it, but it's going to be a bit dull watching it night after night. That's all right. Not complaining. And um, I think that's all from this week, actually. It's been quite quiet. And just generally, life is quiet at the moment. I do have to give a little shout out. Actually, this is a bit uh, going to get very serious. Um, I have a friend who I've known since. Uh, well, it was one of the first people I met when I moved to London. I met him, I moved to London in the early 80s, mid-80s, and I worked in the theatre for a bit, and that didn't follow Spotter, and that didn't pay very much. 
so I got a job in uh, a tele, uh, in a ticket agency, phone place, answering phones, which was just awful. And um, I got to know him then, and then uh, we ended up in the same box office together <clears throat> after that job. And I've sort of stayed in touch with him and seen him on and off through mutual friends as well um, for, I don't know, 25, 30 years. Anyway, oh, his name's Alex. And uh, way that being the 80s, uh, Alex got HIV pretty early on. And he is one of the extraordinary survivors uh, that even without the drugs that later came in that dealt with it, Alex was uh, managed to stay alive for reasons which have confounded uh, the medics, I think. So obviously it got easier for him when the treatments got better, but obviously he's lived um, with illness all his life. But he's done things he wanted to do. He's done a lot of traveling. Uh, he's had a lot of things go wrong in his life. Uh, and he's been, uh, I do use the word stoic jokingly, but he has been an utter stoic. He's got this amazing mental strength. Um, he had quite a difficult relationship with his family, which he managed to, to mend in a lot of ways. But uh, unfortunately, uh, his body's starting to give in. And uh, he's went into hospital, I think, a week, two weeks ago. And he's basically been on uh, a series of machines uh, to keep him alive. Uh, and if the machines are switched off, because basically the only thing working properly in his body now is his brain. All the other sort of major organs are, need to be supported by machines. So he's decided to, uh, he, he's been in, well, he is in intensive care. Um, he's not going to get better. Uh, and there was a time when uh, it seemed that he was going to go into an ordinary ward uh, and just have to stay there, but not getting one-to-one -one monitored like he is at the moment. But he's made the decision to have the machinery switched off, uh, which has been done. And the last thing was switched off, I think, on Friday. So he's had, uh, uh, I've got, um, he's got some family with him. And he's got a mutual friend of mine uh, who's down as his London next to kin. Uh, and they've all been going in, obviously. Uh, it's very, been very, very difficult uh, for them all. And they've all been amazing. So um, I don't know. He won't be alive when I next record a Mr. Burt. So um, he's asleep a lot. I think he's on a massive painkillers to keep him comfortable. And he said he's made peace with dying, uh, which is why he was made the decision to have the machinery turned off. So uh, I just want to um, leave this as a tribute to Alex and our friendship and what an extraordinary person he is and how proud I have been to know him. Um, thank you to the people who are with him. Uh, looking after him at the moment and um, Alex it's been a blast and I've loved you very much for a very long time and I'm really really gonna miss you so um <laughs> sorry about that 
I wasn't expecting to do that. I hadn't planned to do that, but there we go. That's the way things are. So I'm going to sign off now for obvious reasons uh, and probably lie down with a, a damp flannel on my head. So uh, wishing everybody well. Uh, I hope everyone is going to cope uh, with the heat. Uh, it's a couple of days. Um, uh, so I'm going to sign off there. Thank you for listening.